Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm delighted to be joined again this evening by our regular pundit, and maybe we'll call him Jack of All Trades, Adrian O'Sullivan. Welcome, Sully. How are you doing, Dee? What's the crack? Oh, dibble the hate of the say up here. We have plenty to talk about after oh, the first... Yes, we do. Come on, we get stuck. After the first weekend of the Littlewoods Camogie League. Right, we're going to start with the Division 1 Group 2 game between Limerick and Tipperary. Probably not really talking much at the start about the game itself. It was played after the Limerick-Galway hurling match, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But it was a case of what's the score, and by the way, the what's the score app had the final score as 10 points to 1-6 in favour of Tipperary. But at the end of the game, there was confusion over the final result. So uh, the Camogie Association released a statement today and said, upon review by the referee and consultation with his umpires and match officials, the outcome was Tipperary won by a point on the scoreline of 10 points to 1-6. Limerick have issued a statement this evening and basically they're looking further into the matter and will be seeking clarification as to how this decision was arrived at in due course. Now, I've covered local matches in Longford for years and I've seen this happen twice. An underage game and a senior league match. This is a national game, a Division 1 game. How did it happen? Yeah, I suppose where to start. Um, that's a hurling game. My brother, and he's a little bit older than me, and he's, he's one of these lads that marks down every score for every game. So he stayed for the Camogie and did the same. And I was absolutely baffled when I heard that the referee thought it was a draw because we had every score marked, mm. and we were sure we hadn't missed anything. And we had the same as what scored. Actually, I suppose without going off point, fair play to what's the score. Camogie needed the service they're bringing to the game. Um, so well done to them that's brilliant that you can get the updates on the matches that's that's fantastic but yeah we were convinced the tip one by point is 10 points to 1-6 now where the confusion seems to have arisen like Tipperary won that game there's no two ways about it right the score was 10 points to 1-6 there's no question about that where the issue has arisen I suppose and why I'd imagine Limerick has put in the objection is that with 5 minutes to go despite the scoreboard saying that Limerick were down a point the ref had told them the game was level okay and that changes the dynamic of the game. Okay? Yeah, completely. Because you act yeah. differently when you're level than you do when you're a point down. Yeah. You don't take as many risks. You know, if you're coming out with a ball, you're going to play the safe ball, maybe, or you might drive it down into the corner and just lose it. And, you know, maybe, obviously, you're trying to win the game. But And likewise for Tipperary, they were under the impression that they were up a point. So we're probably trying to kill the game instead of trying to go win it. So for both teams, the dynamic was wrong. Mm. Now, like, my old had refereed matches for years and... Like I, I was doing a small bit of referee and he's always saying look be very careful in the marking down scores and stuff like that but usually where the mistake can be made is if you put if Tipperary score a point and you mark it down in the Limerick column yes but that happened before in a game I was at it, it, yeah it does happen but what will happen there is it'll be a two point swing D so let's say it's a point to piece and Tipperary score and it goes into the Limerick column well Limerick go two points to one up instead of being two points to one down yeah. so it's a two point swing there was one point missing in this game. Like Somehow Limerick got a point out of nowhere. So I'm not sure how he even managed to write it down. My dad would do umpiring for um, one of the lads. And yeah. he is one of those finickety people that he always, and he gets other umpires to do it, take down the score, yeah, keep on keeping the score. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And like, it just beggars belief. Like It was such a positive week in Camogie. Mm. Right? I mean, start off the week, that little one's video was deadly. Right? Whoever was behind that, I'd like to shake your hand. That was fantastic. It was just 
class. The footage from the training sessions and the nights out and uh, they all be carried there in, in training and they'd be rocking on the night out and everything. It was class. Deadly. There was such a buzz around it and there was big excitement coming into the games. And then uh, there was a great presentation from Cork on Saturday evening. It was a really high quality game. And next thing, like the following day, you have two teams in Division 1 of the National League leaving the pitch not knowing what the result was. It's like, what the hell is going on here? That is just not good enough. It's not good enough for Tipperary. It's not good enough for Limerick. And, like, really, the Camogie Association have let themselves down here. And, like, the, the statement came out today saying, oh, yeah, look, we've reviewed it and Tipperary did win. I'm sorry, that's not good enough. What happened? Yeah. How was this mistake be made? If it was human error, well, then fine. Admit it, but admit it. Make mistakes in all walks of life. Yeah. Then it's nothing against the referee. But don't just release the statement and leave it it's like there's nothing worse for making a situation worse than lack of communication no communication is better than the wrong communication and it's just that's ah, a complete shit show like, it's just a joke would they have videoed it you know the thing about it is and looked over like under review yeah. instead of saying well the referee looked his video and it, you know has admitted that the mistake. you know if you just said something like that we'd say yeah. you know fair play to them but the fact yeah. under review it's kind of nice fancy way of saying you know the referee yeah, kind of had a look at us. The tricky one for Limerick, I suppose. Look, I know they've released a statement saying they're looking into it further. I suppose on the scoreboard they've lost the game. There's no question about it. It changed the dynamic of everything. Will the referee though admit that he said because I know something similar happened at a club game here when a player was told there was only so many minutes to go. More than actually, he was told more than it was, yeah. and he went for a point instead of a goal, and his team lost. So you know yeah. that. Yeah, it's very hard to say it's a he said, she said, or a he yeah, said, he said. The human nature is, yeah. you probably won't admit it, but look, I know from a few different people that's exactly what happened. Um, allegedly. Better put mm. in the word allegedly, I suppose, before uh, Camogie police come knocking on the door. <laughs> so allegedly, this is what they're told. Will uh, you do with the fingers up with inverted commas, like as well, yeah? <laughs> that's it, yeah. But look, yeah, it's a shame because, look, it was quite a positive week mm. in Camogie and it's just another incident. It just seems that for all the positivity that ever happened to Camogie, we're only one incident away from just like knocking it. And instead of like the amount of people who have no interest in Camogie texting me about this today, going, "Jay, what happened? What happened? What happened?" That's exactly instead it. Instead of talking about the positive news story, yeah. it's just you know when you're a fledgling organisation or you're trying to build a sport, it's just you need to avoid the negativity. And it's just yeah, it was poor, poor. And the thing about it is with that Limerick Tipperary game. It was on after the hurling, which we spoke about yeah. last week as well, which wasn't going to be a good idea. Well, did I say last week it wouldn't be a good idea? Are you saying I called it? The, geez, no way. Oh, gosh, it's killing me. Early, early in the season, mm, but sure, mm, we, might, we might keep track. I'm saying it through gritted yeah. teeth. Look, um, look, it was always going to happen. I mean, mm. like, what else did I think was going to happen? There was 14,000 people at the, at the, uh, at the Limerick Galway match. There, I think at the All Ireland semi final last year between Galway and Cork in Limerick, I think was there four thousand people at it. So there was no way in hell there was fourteen thousand people going to stay for that game. Yeah. And like we were in, geez, I'd say I was in the ground at one o'clock and the Mackey stand was full. Like there was big interest in that game in Limerick. So if they had started the Camogie match at half twelve, the second half of that game would have been played in front of ten thousand people. Yeah. You know, as it was. Like it must have been awful for the guys, and like we were just after training there too. I didn't really say it to any of them, but I should have probably asked them. But 
like to be warming up for the game and to seeing people streaming out. That's exactly it because you don't mind if it's played in front of a, a small crowd. Now I was at Longford and awfully yesterday, and the awfully Carlo game in the ladies was on before it and you know as the game went on more people came in so you, d- you don't mind that and you kind of hear more shouts but you're going from you know the roar of having people down there in the LIT Gaelic grounds to just nothing yeah no it was poor I think look the, I suppose the important thing is that there was mistakes made about the timing of it mm. the scoring and everything the important thing is that they learned from them yeah. um, everyone's human these things happen but I suppose the players deserve more you know um they're the ones that matter. Yeah, but look, like if the manager doesn't turn up, uh, or the coach doesn't turn up on a Tuesday night, there's no training. If the players don't turn up every night, they don't, they, they don't train, they don't improve. So, like, it's not too much to expect that when they go out on a Sunday after training four or five nights a week and gym work and GPS units and dietitians, psychologists, everything that goes into that county camogie setup now, like, to get the score wrong on a Sunday and play it in front of no people because they had the fixtures around their own. It's just like. I could have told you this was going to happen. You know, it's just ah, it's poor. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. Yeah, I agree. I'm even disappointed. The sad thing is, like, it's it's not surprising. It's it's like it's just it's just another thing. It's just another thing that's happening in Camogie, and it's just not good enough. Really, not good enough for the players' management. Sully, also in that Limerick Tipperary game, our good friend Rebecca Dilly suffered a nasty injury. Yeah, look, I suppose the early indicators are. Um, well, it looked bad, I suppose. Uh, she's going for a scan and stuff like that. So, look, we won't go into it. It's her own mm. private, uh, private affairs, I suppose. But, yeah, look, unfortunately, it looks like maybe she'll be definitely out for a few weeks anyway. So, look, we definitely we wish her the, the best of luck. She was a big loss to Limerick in, the, in that game. And if she's out for if she's out for a bit longer than, than, than we hope, uh, she'll be a big loss to them for the rest of the league. But um, hopefully it's not too serious and uh, she'll be back on her feet and... Uh, Back dictating matches at her own pace again uh, in the near future, hopefully. And listen, everyone here at Sports Talk wish Rebecca the very best. Listen, we'll go on to the other Division 1 games. Clare defeated off. Tough conditions by all accounts. Um, funnily enough, Offaly failed to score playing with the wind, which is quite unusual. Uh, the only other time I've ever seen that happen, uh, I was about to kick in the intermediate one year, 2016. And we were 9-8 up at half-time after playing with an absolute storm in the All-Ireland semi-final in Nina. Um, and held Kildare scoreless in the second half, playing into the, an even stronger win. That's the only time I've ever seen that happen in Kamoi. Um, yeah, obviously, I'd be very, very disappointed with that effort. Um, now, look, we said last week, we did call the Clare were going yeah. to win it. We said that Offaly would struggle without the Rhinos girls, who are such a big part of what they do. But at the same time, going 30 minutes of, of Camogie in Division 1 as a senior team yeah. and not scoring is just is just poor. Now, let's call it a spade a spade. Yeah. Look, we could gloss over it and all, but we've always said here that we want to bring a bit of critical analysis to Camogie and actually treat the players like a, like a hurling team will be treated. And look, if a hurling team went 30 minutes without scoring... You would be, yeah. be criticising them, yeah. ...in the media. So just have to say, look, that's very, very poor from Offaly. Now... The other side of it is that's not to take away from Clare either because, like, I suppose Clare did the exact opposite. We did with a slender lead at half time and came out and hurled absolutely outstandingly well into the teeth of the storm. Um, and they have a quite a young team and they're in transition and they had young players all over the field. And that's a massive boost for Gerald Connell's team to get an away win in the first round of the league. And they'll have an old pep in the step now for, for training for the next couple of weeks. Um, until their next game again, at the Kikini up next, they have a tough group anyway. But 
um, yeah, to give him a great old boost. Uh, Emer Kelly top scored for them there with one three, and um, look, they 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 class performers all over the field. They have a good few of our UL girls playing with them, and um, they're tough out. And look, geez, it's a great win for them. Like, you know, I suppose they had a tough winter. I think uh, maybe some key players left the panel and they had to pull in a lot of young players. But that's an absolutely morale boosting victory for for them. So they'll be delighted with that. And as you said, away from home as well. Cork had a very good win over Waterford in what was the curtain raiser to the Cork Tipperary hurling match, and supporters here definitely got value for money in Parky Cueve. Absolutely, um, what a setting for a game! Um, like Sean so Crow Park is lovely at night. Mm. There's just something about Parky Cueve. The Bansley, you know, you know that, yeah. something or the way the grass will be looking at you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, How does the grass be looking at you? I would look at it the right way it looks back to tell you thing for grass well cut grass is under uh, the smell of it even the last time here myself and DJ and UL here when they were building the new pitch in UL we were like children we were going down early every day to see was it was it growing a bit or what we actually looking at everything you can oh, it's a real country thing isn't it oh it is yeah yeah country but um, yeah great game um like Cork scored 118 scored 118 in February first round of the league is fair shooting and they were down a good few as well um, they were without two Mackies they were without Jim O'Connor Aoife Murray's retired uh, Orla Cotter's away in America working they're not sure whether they'll have her or not so like, they had an experimental enough side out as well um, I think last week we mentioned Laura Hayes and Searcy McCarthy as two players to look yeah. for Searcy McCarthy uh, popped up with a goal and Laura Hayes outstanding the centre back so Look, look, they're very successful at underage level, so they've a they've a conveyor belt of talent coming through. So there'd be no fear of them. But at the end of the day, it was the old reliable or the Cronin that uh, that really pulled the strings from. She had eight points, uh, mixture of plays, uh, or from playing from freeze, and look, just really pulled the strings for them. Of course, notably as well, Thompson is back. We spent the whole summer last year. They had her named at number nine on the subs, wondering was she back with That's actually that. one of our tweets of the week, so we'll leave yeah. it to you oh, and then okay, we'll talk okay, about okay, it. Okay, yeah. okay, we'll wait till then, so we'll wait till then. Uh, for Waterford, um, obviously missing the Galtier guards, so they'll be missing yeah. Annie Fitzgerald, uh, Anya Ling and um, Kate Lynch from their from their team for last year. Um, heavily reliant on Beth Carton, but I think Fergal O'Brien will be reasonably happy um, with their performance. They were very competitive. Uh, they missed a couple of goal chances um, but yeah Beth hit 10 points uh, again mixture of um, open play and freeze and um, it was very very good for them um, look very very good game I think both of these teams will feature prominently mm. late in the year in the championship this year On Sunday in Group 2 League Champions Galway had three points to spare over a battle in Dublin mm bit of a surprise this one I, I genuinely thought that Galway would have far too mm. much for them to be honest with you um, again tricky conditions up in Blanchardstown but uh, Don O'Rourke we've talked about here in the podcast before he's Walford manager last year he used to always be talking about the potential in Dublin potential in Dublin if they got mm. their act together and look it looks like they have a serious management team in place um, and look geez, they gave a serious performance there um, against against Galway like Sinead Wilde was very good for them last year and she popped up again um, and hit five points mainly from freeze there's a, t- there's a lot of freeze in the game uh, I think Galway hit five of their ten from freeze as well um, Sarah Healy hit two of them the goalie um, she's class she's top top class goalie she plays out the field for uh, Thomas's in Galway I think um, so she's no stranger to, to taking a few pots of goal but it's unusual enough in Camogie to see the goalie flaking over a couple of frees. So she landed two big ones at five times for Galway. 
Uh, Rebecca Hindley was back at centre forward as well. She was an all-star in 2016. Um, had been off the panel for a year, I think. Could be wrong there. Uh, but was back on it last year and was kind of coming on at the late stage of games, which was in the melting pot. But she was operating at centre forward yesterday. He had a couple from play, a couple from freeze. Um, and she's a big addition to Galway if she's watering well. But uh, if I know Cahill at all, and I haven't been talking to him since the game, but don't think he'll be overly happy with that performance now. But look, at this time of year, it's all about putting the points yeah. on the board and they won't dwell on it. They'll, uh, they'll dust themselves down and move on. We look at the other division, Division 2, and in Group 1, Down had an easy win over Derry. And this game, Galway defeated Kerry. Kerry actually didn't score in the whole game. Yeah, look, I suppose if we're going to treat Hopley the same way as mm. orders, we have to treat Kerry the same way, I suppose. And 60 minutes. Really, yeah, it's not really good enough, is it, you know, in Division 2. I suppose, look, you could argue Kerry are only up from the junior to intermediate in the championship, but this is their second year operating in Division 2, and you'd expect a bit better from them. Now, I do know that they have been riddled with injuries. I think they were missing five, if not six, of the team that started in Crow Park. And to be fair to them, they don't have the same pick as the other counties. Yeah. They're picking from two club teams. But look, they'll be disappointed in themselves. You know, it's embarrassing. You know, look, we've all been on teams and coach teams that have put in bad performances, but you'd nick a few old scores here and there. So I've taken some fair trimmings over the years myself at different teams. But yeah, look, they'll be disappointed in that, to be fair. Now, that is a strong Galway team. Um, Galway's second team tradition is always very, very strong, but... Yeah, they'd be disappointed in themselves with that performance, John. We move on to Group 2. Cork defeated Kilkenny by two points. And then Meath had seven points to spare over their neighbours, Westmeath. A bit like Dublin last year, you know, Meath just didn't really perform and they got the win though on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a very interesting group in, uh, in, in Division 2 of the league. Like, you could nearly argue that losing your first round game puts you out of it and makes it yeah. very difficult to qualify but then you could argue that all the teams have probably beat each other as well so um, I was looking through the Cork team and they had some notable enough names again like they're so prolific at minor that they're using the intermediate team in the right way they're filtering these minor players in that's what you do um, yeah, yeah they, they have a bit of experience there Ashley Maloney wing back uh, would have played uh, cornerback wing back centre back from my team in Mary Eye, um when we were dwelling the Ashburn a few years ago she brings that bit of experience to it. Uh, Aoife Hurley, corner forward, on our Ashburn panel in UL, and would have played corner forward for the Cork Miners, the one they were Ireland there a couple of years ago. So, look, geez, Cork have so much talent um, coming through. The Kikini team was very strong as well. Um, they had the luxury of leaving out, uh, the likes of Laura Hegarty and um, Caroline Kennedy and these players that probably start for WIT in the Ashburn. They weren't even uh, on the starting 15 for Kikini, which shows their strength. Um, and look, they did a very solid side. Ginny Clifford is back. Ginny would have been uh, a soaring star in 2016, the intermediate on our team, and would have had a couple of years with Antonio with the seniors and taken a year out to concentrate on soccer. And she's back, so she's a big addition. So, look, that win, that's not a dud Kikini team. That's a fair signal of intent from Cork in the intermediate yeah. in Division 2 league. So, the other game, I don't know, I think Westmead, the last time I passed from Mullagarry, they were still celebrating. You know, like, that was such an iconic victory for them such a massive massive victory yeah. and it's very easy to get caught up in the dinner dances and the awards night the, hype, and the holidays yeah. and the whole lot and whereas last year you know they were probably back training in the October November flat out look it definitely takes a toll there's no doubt that winning the Ireland has an effect on teams and all codes um, so I think that they're showing the knock on effects of that 
But look, neither are solid side, and they're a very, very solid side mm. at that level. Um, and they've been up for it as well to knock the neighbours off the perch. So it's a good win for them. But yeah, it'd be very, very interesting to see how that Division Two uh, Group Two plays out over the over the next couple of months. Plenty to look forward to this weekend in Division One, Group One. Offaly take on Cork while Waterford they'll be hoping to bounce back from Saturday's defeat when they take on Kilkenny yeah look poor old Offaly I suppose still without the Rhinos girls having failed to score against Clare for a half and who's coming to town only Cork <laughs> so look I suppose if we're going to continue the standard we're setting here by calling a spade a spade yeah. and trying to call the games as we see it Look, there's only one way that's going to go. The only uh, way that won't go the way we think it will is if Paulie Murray uses it as an opportunity to, to run his whole squad out. But the Cork are so strong that even if they played nine or ten of their panels there's like that's going to be a long day at the office for Offaly. She's a, a very, very tough start for, for Albert Kelly. Um, you know, sometimes if you're starting off, maybe you'd like your very first game to be against a really good team and at least the expectations are low. Yes. And if you put in a bit of a performance maybe the pep in your step going into training and but like they would have been expected to compete with Clare to, to kind of fall apart like they did and then to try and pick themselves up and go and play Cork next weekend look Jesus I don't envy his task there and that's only going to go one way no, so <laughs> that, that might not be pretty you know the other game I suppose is interesting um, like Kilkenny haven't had a game so far but Look, they're still Kilkenny. They don't yeah. get out of hurl overnight. They'll be strong. They have a new management in Brian Dowling. Um, Tommy Shefflin's gone in with them as well, fresh from when they were learning club at Bally Hale, and he's involved with WIT as well. And look, they have a strong setup there. Um, his name is Gase, you know, with the ST coach that was with the tip lady footballers for a few years as well. So they have, they have a really strong. It's a serious setup. management team, isn't it? Yeah, serious management team, but. Despite what I may say, the, the games are always won on the other side. That's it. I know I try and take credit for yeah. it sometimes, but <laughs> no. um, look, Watford, Watford will be hoping to build on, on I suppose, a reasonably solid mm. showing last Saturday night. It's a very competitive Watford team, um, competitive spirit, and they don't do moral victories. So I know themselves, they won't be happy with, with, with losing by nine points down in Cork, and they'll be gunning for a bit of revenge. Um, I don't have the stats at hand now, but I'd imagine it's a long, long time, if ever, since Waterford beat Kilkenny and Camogie. So they'll have to pull out one of the performances of the ages for it to happen. But he wouldn't rule it out. But I think, even despite not having had a game this weekend, you'd imagine Kilkenny will be just that a bit too strong for Waterford next weekend. We'll just go through um, some of the other games. In Division 2, Group 1, Derry play Kerry, Westward to gone down, and in Group 2, it's Cork versus Meath, and Kildare up against Westmeath. Kildare only appointed a manager last week, as far as I know, so uh, I'd imagine Westmeath are going to beat them out the absolute gap. Let's call it spade a spade. I'm in that kind of form, though. If you ask me a question, you get a straight answer. So, uh, yeah, I think, by all accounts, Kildare were in a complete heap up to last week. Um, and I've just appointed a Mead man as manager I just saw an article there last week uh, GT Troy uh, I think there's, there's a Troy there that plays for Mead I know it's your relationship I think he was involved with Dunderry they won a couple of championships uh, in Mead uh, but yeah like however poor Westmead's preparation might have been up to me they're still a serious out with their senior team uh, and I suppose after last weekend they'll want to get a result this weekend yeah they'll be up for getting a result and look 
like it's not West Mead have a serious team and a serious management and they ran into a strong Mead team last weekend yeah. that would be a turkey shoot against Kildare there's no two ways about it Right, Group 3, Leash play Antrim and Tipperary are at home to Dublin. And in Division 3, Group 1, Cavan take on Limerick, Offaly play Roscommon and Tyrone are away to Wicklow, while in Group 2, Carlo take on Armagh and Clare play down. Hot topic of the week, trial rules. How did they go after Week yeah. 1? Yeah, look, I haven't had a whole pile of feedback on them now, but I was at the Limerick hit game on Sunday and... Um, Look, they seem to go okay. Uh, I think the ref was struggling maybe to get a handle on it himself. Probably no more so than the players. It was all new to him. Um, in the first half, he seemed to be blown for absolutely everything. It didn't matter. Any bit of contact, any anything at all. And in the second half, it was like he just left the whistle in the dressing room and just decided that everything was, was allowed. So he went from one extreme to the other. Like he was letting things go and it wouldn't happen in a hurling match. There were two incidents, one after the other. Caroline, or Karen Kennedy went down the wing in front of the Limerick bench and got chopped three different times by three different players going down the sideline no free next ball came in caught the van stood back and peeled the hands off of Martin Kramer about a foot under the ball and no free either um, so look, if this is a window into what we're going to get this summer bring it on because this is the kind of stuff we want to see you know but um, so yeah so that was an interesting one so there was kind of two halves to that Um there was no quick freeze at all I think maybe the players haven't quite adapted to it yet uh, the puck out didn't seem to make much of a difference although maybe that's why the referee missed the score so yeah, you wouldn't know what was going on there there was no penalties or anything like that so look it was hard to it was hard to know I think the, the general feedback from around the games is that it went reasonably smoothly the whole thing that there was no major controversy with it so I suppose look Anytime you're not talking about the rules, that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Anytime you're not talking about the referee, that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, look, hard to know. Probably didn't see enough of the games. Uh, only saw the highlights of the Watford Cork game, and it didn't seem to make um, didn't seem to make too much of a of a difference, you know. And the thing about it is, more than likely to be mentioned in a few weeks' time, when hopefully there won't be any controversy to talk about. Yeah. Player of the week. Hopefully. And you see the way I said, hopefully. Yeah, look, um, a few players have put their hands up. And again, this is just some talking to people mm. around the games. Obviously, it's not possible to get to all the games. But uh, What, you? Not able to get to all the games? Uh, yeah, you know, that's it. But uh, look, I'm a big fan of Sarah Healy, um, the Galway goalie. I think she's absolutely class. Um, she's got a deadly belt of a ball, accurate puck out, and look, came out and, and hit the freeze. Like, for the goalie to hit two freeze in a game that you win by three points, that's a... That's a serious, that's a clutch contribution, as the Americans would say. Um, that Carton hit 10 points from Waterford. You hit 10 points in a game, you lose by nine. That's, uh, that's fair going, you know. Yeah. Um, Orla Cronin was very, very good for Cork on the other side, hit nine. Uh, caught the van was superb in the, in the Limerick game. She was unmarkable in the first half and then she got to go out to the field trying, I suppose, keep the supply going in in the second half and maybe went out of it a little bit. Uh, Quiva Costco was very good in that game as well. But um, I think just for the fact of clean sheet and the contribution of two points in a game that they only won by three, uh, I think we'll go with Sarah Healy for the player of the week this week. Um, she's top class performer, well deserved, all star goalie. Isn't it amazing though when you look at that now how goalkeepers and the role of a goalkeeper has really evolved? Because, you know, obviously a shot stopper. And now how teams, you know, can bring them more into a game and how important they can be, not just that. One end of the field, what the other? Yeah, I suppose. Uh, 
I would have been a fan of coaching Cody in the past that the goalie would, would do one of two things with the ball day. she'd either hit it long or she'd hit it very long um, so but no the game I, I, yeah because I'm like that about a keeper coming out for 45 step back in the bloody yeah. goals yeah but That's it. no but look I suppose two things have happened I suppose coaching has evolved mm. and the skill level of the players have evolved um, and if you look around Camogie you know at the moment like like the likes of Laura O'Neill and goals for Limerick uh, Sarah Healy with Galway uh, Amy Lee who's gone in now as the Cork goalie is, she's been the understudy to Aoife Murray for, for a long long time Um these goalkeepers are Brianna O'Regan as well for Watford very very accurate distribution like their distribution their skill level um, like Quiva Burke last year gave some serious displays in the in the quarter final semi final for Tipperary and unfortunately she's not playing with Tipperary this year I think she's going travelling but like the skill level the fact that so three years ago I wouldn't have been able to tell you five five Camogie goalies off the top of my head the fact that's, that's just a sign the skill level has gone up they're such an important part now. They're launching attacks. They're hitting cornerbacks, hitting wingbacks, hitting midfielders with accurate possession, and the, like they're the launch pad for attacks. Um, and I suppose when they're when they're coming out and knocking a few freeze overs, well, that's a bonus. But there's no doubt about it. Like the quality of goalkeeping in Camogie has definitely gone up a couple of notches in the last few years. You know. Right. Confession time. I know it's our Twitter questions, and if anyone has any questions, that is Camogie for Sully. DM us on sportstalk.ie, that's D-O-T-I-E, and he will definitely answer them because he's in one of those honest call a spade a spade moods. First of all, are there any rule changes you'd like to see being made in Camogie that haven't been made? Jeez, uh, <laughs> so they're making about seven, so... Um I suppose playing the hurley is one maybe that I'd like to see getting rid of. Um, like I suppose in hurling, I would always encourage my cornerbacks, my defenders in general, to play from the front and and gamble and get out and, and get to the ball. I suppose in camogie, if you're marking a very cute corner forward, playing, going, playing from the front can be a disadvantage. One quick flick of the hurling, they're gone in behind you. And I don't think it's a skill at all, really, to be honest. So I'd probably like to see that gotten rid of. Um, the hand pass goal was always one that I had no time for so I'm glad that they've gotten rid of that I hope they keep that one I think it's not a skill at all um, it gives the goalkeeper no chance whatsoever other than that like, there's no whole fight wrong with the game I'd love to see the physicality expanded and just just let them off like, you know, just, just let them play so look, we, we talked at Dent about that last week so we won't dwell in it too much mm-hmm. but, like, just allow the shoulder to shoulder contact allow the contact in the rocks you know, allow the Allow a forward to, to hit a, to hit a defender with a, with a one-handed tackle coming out with the ball, that kind of thing. So I think that would really improve the game as a spectacle. I was going to say that, sorry, because in ladies football, no disrespect, they've kind of gone back a little bit with the physicality and people are kind of going, oh, do you know what? It used to be better when, you know, there was decent enough hits. So if Camogie could bring in something like that, you know, people, as you said, you know, about the spectator, People might say, "Yes, that's exactly what we're talking about." Now, obviously, not to batter each other, but you know, to give it a fair shoulder and not be punished for it. Yeah, like the like the Limerick Tip game was poor enough yesterday. Right? I think it's fair enough to say. And I don't think too many people would disagree. But the best patches of it were when they were let the physicality go mm. and they just started tearing into each other. And it's like, look, the players want this, yeah. um, and the, the crowd wants this. I think. Look, we're still stuck to the traditions a little bit. Uh, Oh yeah, the, why does the goalie still wear the same colour jersey as the there? That wrecks my 
My father watches that at every game we're at, and if it's a club game yeah. or a school game, he will go to the person and say, and he that's one thing he always does, first thing, goalkeeper, or if it's clashes with a referee or something, yeah, that's exactly what my dad always, and it's something yeah. that annoys me as well, you know, if you yeah, can put on something, yeah. Um, I suppose it goes, like, that thing, like, it was, that was in hurling until about 1980, I think, that the goalie wore the same colour jersey as the... I suppose you would have remembered that, would you? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it, you know, but, uh, that it was because the goalie was treated, di- or, sorry, the goalie was treated no differently to the outfit yeah. there. So you could, you could basically shoulder him into the net or whatever, and then once, once the goalie started to be treated differently and was getting a bit of protection, they changed the colour of the jersey, because obviously it made more sense. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't, like, it's not going to make any difference to the game. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's just my head. I, I'm just one of these advocates. I think like Camogie should be played the same way as Harland because I, I treat my players like hurlers and I think they should be the same. Like, I'd say if you asked a lot of them, maybe they might get rid of the scarves and wear shorts. Yeah. Maybe get rid of the goalie's jersey, that kind of thing. But I don't know. I think, I suppose there isn't a whole pile wrong with the game. We can tend to focus on the negative at times, but I think just letting a bit more increase physicality and letting a bit more go the same, like we said last week, same as Ray Kelly did in the Ireland final and Liz did in the, in the, and it didn't in the semi final. See, it's not about negativity more. though, Sully. By us saying about these things, we're hoping that maybe, you know, the Camogie Association or someone will actually listen. And because, you know, you're speaking as someone who coaches a team and as a spectator. I'm a spectator and it's something that we would like seeing because we feel that, you know, these changes or things like this, you know, could, could help improve the game. Yeah. The referees definitely listen to NID because, uh, <laughs> a prominent referee made a comment to me on the sideline in an Ashburn League game there before Christmas. And I won't repeat it till the Ashburn is over this year, but remind me of that when the, uh, when the, uh, when the Ashburn is over. That's was it about you or about me? Oh, yeah. you. oh no, no, about about sports talk. So maybe that that could come in in the Twitter questions. I might tweet it in myself. I'll ask myself that. I might be do that there in a few weeks. Be a bit back. Well, maybe yeah. your friend might come on sometime and and have a talk uh, to might, us. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to have a chat. See the crackers. Right. We mentioned her earlier on, but someone tweeted in and just wants to know about Ashley Thompson's return to Cork. Yeah. Look again from the highlights we saw in the game. Just fitted seamlessly into that Cork team and like the difference she makes them is absolutely phenomenal you know um, it's unfair on Galway because I think they were the best team in country last year but a lot of the narrative around the press box um, from some of the prominent journalists I suppose at the end of that semi-final last year was that it was the kind of game that Thompson would have reveled in because yeah. the physicality was being let go and um, look she's a powerhouse of there like like you know, if you were picking a team of Kamogi players to go play in Hurling in the morning, like she'd be the first one on the team sheet. You know, like just she's just an absolute animal in the middle of the field. Her physicality, her athleticism, her pace, she can finish. Uh she has everything, hasn't she really? Yeah, she's a complete player, like you know, she's top player in the country as far as I'm concerned. If, if there's a transfer market she'd be worth an absolute fortune and I'd say Paulie Murray is absolutely delighted to get her back in because like what an addition she yeah. is and you know, we mentioned there look, they, they might be losing a couple of players or whatever but like having Thompson back in that's a fair starting point so if they end up going out in championship with you know say maybe um O'Connor at 6 and uh, Thompson at 8 and Orla Cronin at 11 Linda Collins at 14 Amy O'Connor on the wing 
the Mackies back in. Jesus, the next thing, Hannah Looney, Lauren Callan, and Deanna. Brian Dowling and Colin Murray are going to say, just shut up, Sully, shut up. What a team that is. But what a team that is, like. like Chloe, you haven't even mentioned Chloe Sigerson. Like, like, that is an absolute phenomenal team. Um, I think even Thompson Back has given, because obviously someone tweeted that in, has given supporters a lift as well as obviously Cork themselves, you know, because it's great. You want to see the best players playing the game. Steve, when we're going to the big games in the summertime, if you're going to Cork and Galway, what do you want to see? You want to see Ashley Thompson and Chloe Sigerson lining up against Aoife Dunahoo and Eve Kinkinney and throw the ball in and let them off. Like, that's what you want. Mm. You want to see the best players, the best teams at full strength. Like, if you said, what was my hope for the season? It's that Galway, Kilkenny and Cork are all at full strength for the year and let them off and see who goes up the steps of the Hogan in September. Like, that's what you want as a neutral. That's what you want to see. Bit too early to ask you because you got your prediction last year. Finally, the best manager or coach at the moment, and by the way, that's probably excluding you, so leave yourself out of it. Jesus, I don't have to exclude myself from anywhere near it. Um, Gosh, you're being very honest tonight, aren't you? Yeah, look, Carl Murray's manager of the year mm. and pulled Galway out of a hard place. Like, you know, everyone in Galway Camogie and acknowledged there's a lot of political things going on in the background there, and, you know, X and Y was going on, and he steadied the ship at the end of year one and delivered in year two, so, like, that was no mean feat. Like it was only Galway's third or Ireland ever, and you know the suppose the Galway suffer maybe a little bit from the or had suffered from the same thing as their hurling team did for years, and that the club championship up there is so competitive that it can be hard to knit a county yeah. team together. But look, he'd be right up there. Um, sure, Paddy Murray has a serious record as well. Um, top class, like I think last year was the first year he didn't get to the final. I think <laughs> in a long, long forever, time. yeah. Yeah, consistency delivering. Um, I suppose Tommy Shefflin that's gone in with Kilkenny, like he has two All Ireland clubs, one with Belly Hale Shamrocks. Um, he won the Division One League with WIT last year in the in the colleges, and he's in with Kilkenny now. So I have massive respect for Tommy um, and what he has achieved in the game as well. Um, so uh, yeah, look, it's hard, look, it's very hard to pick. If you put me to the pin of my collar. It'd be very hard to choose between Cahill and Poddy. Like, I suppose Poddy has one more, but Cahill is the current, the current king. So, look, I'm not going to pick between the two of them. But, look, if, you're, if, you, if you had a, a good bunch of players and you had to pick a manager, you'd be safe enough with one of them anyway. You'd be, you would, they wouldn't see you too far wrong, you know. And get you maybe to be the bottle carrier or the water boy? Yeah, I can, like, I'm dab hand at washing an old bag of jerseys now and that, you know, they'd always come out clean now. I knew what I said, you were a jack of all trades, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's exactly it, you know. Um, Jeff Potty or Cotter, listen, I am available, so. <laughs> listen, if anyone wants to follow Camogie, um, just follow sportstalk.ie on Twitter and on Facebook. Also, the What's the Score app, that's What's, obviously. The score is SC. Oh, Father, are absolutely brilliant. Listen, Sully, thanks once again. It was great chatting to you, and we'll chat to you next week, hopefully.